Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. Congressman Bill Heisinga, a Republican from Michigan, was joined by 74 of his colleagues on a bipartisan letter to House and Senate appropriations leaders requesting a guest worker H-2A wage freeze in an upcoming spending package. The adverse effect wage rate or the required wage that farm employers must pay H-2A workers more than doubled since 2005, making agricultural labor and its products more unaffordable. With the nation's average AEWR reaching $17.55 an hour in 2024, that's more than a 5% increase year over year and other inflated input costs, including fuel and fertilizer, many farms are in danger of going out of business. A temporary wage freeze is a reasonable way to alleviate the skyrocketing financial burden and give farmers a chance to compete, stay in business and put food on the table for millions of Americans and the world, according to the congressman. Demand is high and supply is low on strawberries right now. It's that time of the year. Supply is about one quarter of what it was when berries are being shipped in the peak summer season, according to Alfredo Ruiz of Natural R Fresh Incorporated. He said it's also been a challenge for the farms to produce strawberries while seeing rains and cold fronts, though the quality is still there. Currently, there's approximately 1,500 to 2,000 shipments a week in peak season. That goes up to between 7,000 to 8,000 shipments weekly. Right now, 50% of the supply is from Florida, another 25 percent is from central Mexico and another quarter is from California. He says there have been rains in Plant City, Florida, which have reduced the volumes. While consumption of strawberries right now isn't as high as in peak growing season, that stronger demand for the limited supply is putting prices on the higher end in the mid-20s. This is the peak as far as price goes, according to Ruiz, adding it's currently shipping one and two pound clamshells in its Millie's Berries brand and organic and conventional strawberries. The demand will be high and the supply will be low for the next couple of weeks, he says. Looking ahead, the supply is anticipated to increase in the coming weeks and pricing will likely come back down to the low 20s range. He says some of the central Mexican regions are already peaking on supply and some will in the next few weeks. It will be 20 to 30 percent more on the Mexican volume and Florida will increase as well. He says it will still be another month of central Mexico shipments and then it will shift to Baja, California. As for Valentine's Day, a peak strawberry supply consumption holiday, supply should be stronger by then, though he is not sure that it will meet the demand by then, he says there might be some short supplies. Salinas-based Diarigo, California, a 100-year-old farming company known for excellence in innovation, sustainability, and superior vegetable and leafy green growing practices, is introducing what they are calling a new culinary masterpiece. It is Baby Jim Lettuce. It's a premium offering under the esteemed Andy Boy label. Positioned as an unwavering cornerstone of the supply chain, Diarigo, California's dedication to delivering consistent quality and timely shipments guarantees businesses a steadfast source of premium, high-quality, 
baby gem lettuce, according to the company. Also, according to the company, renowned for its unparalleled quality, positive safety track record, and decades of devotion to good manufacturing practices, Diarigo, California continues to set the standard for excellence in fresh produce. This commitment to excellence ensures that customers can trust in the consistency and quality of the Andy Boy Baby Gem Lettuce Program, further establishing Diarigo, California as a leading grower of fresh produce. A recent study conducted by the Haas Avocado Board delves into the evolving landscape of consumer preferences and behaviors regarding bagged avocados. The attitudes and usage drivers for bagged avocados qualitative study surveyed shoppers' purchase behaviors, attitudes, and usage drivers that influence the decision to purchase bagged or bulk avocados. Participants discussed factors and motivations influencing their avocado purchases, including the in-store elements impacting their purchase decisions in the produce aisle. The research highlights several key factors influencing shopper purchases such as avocado ripeness, value, convenience, and quality of the product in store. Ripeness was top of mind for avocado shoppers. Among those survey, consumers perceive bag avocados as less ripe and more likely to choose individual avocados for immediate usage. However, those who regularly eat avocados prefer pre-packaged avocados, indicating a preference to use avocados throughout the week in meals or recipes. The study also highlights the significance of value and convenience in bagged avocado purchases, Survey participants cited bagged avocados as a better value compared to bulk, especially at mass retailers. Shoppers also noted they can be easily swayed by price or coupons and discounts at the grocery store when choosing between bagged and bulk avocados. This value proposition, coupled with the convenience of grab-and-go options of bagged avocados, can appeal to shoppers seeking convenience and value without compromising quality. Additionally, size and quantity emerged as considerations influencing purchasing decisions. The shoppers surveyed expressed a preference for avocado sizes or quantities of avocados that suit their household needs. Larger avocados were preferred for guacamole and other dishes, while smaller avocados are preferred for everyday use in smaller households or in households where only one family member eats avocados. Roughly 3 million bees died overnight in September at a California sanctuary, and experts have finally uncovered the mysterious cause behind the mass deaths. Beekeepers at the northern San Diego location were shocked to see piles of dead honeybees littering the yard and others spinning around in death spirals. The discovery sparked an investigation by experts at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which determined that the colony was exposed to a double lethal dose of poison used as a termiticide that is banned for outdoor use. How the bees ingested the toxic chemicals unknown, but staff at the sanctuary have suspected malice due to no farms and orchards in the area using the poison. The USDA released its findings recently revealing that Frippinel caused the deaths. Frippinel is an insecticide that disrupts the insect's central nervous system and is banned for agriculture and landscape purposes. We're, we're getting around there, we're having the conversation, we're talking about damage from last year, we're talking about the pressure from last year, the surprises from last year, and really we're trying to have those, those kind of preventative conversations. I mean, just like a fungicide, we're trying to be preventative in these conversations to get it, to get in people's ear to say, let's get ready for it. You don't want, you don't want, we don't want another 23. BASF Technical Service Rep Dr. Kevin Caffrey discussing approaches to damage mitigation in almond orchards trying to prevent as best as possible what happened last year. It was recently reported that this year's almond crop has the potential to rank the third largest on record, with a projected 1% increase from last season. 
This growth is significant considering the challenging weather conditions that growers faced during bloom in 2023 and are expecting to face again this coming bloom. These cold temperatures partnered with the stormy weather has significantly impacted pollination and bee flight time. Looks like we should have enough chill hours for almonds. I think it's kind of on the edge for some areas, but it looks like after the past week or so, some colder temps, almonds, we should be pretty good on chill hours, which is great. At least we're starting off all right. Projection-wise, they keep calling for a wet bloom. We'll see what happens. That's the hardest thing for an almond grower. you got to wait and see. I think the biggest issue, though, is too many people wait and see and change their plans. So I think you need to start with a good plan. We had a lot of disease last year. There's a lot of inoculum being carried over, and we're still having enough fog and wet weather. It's growing. So I think after all the injury, all the damage from last year, from people trying to pinch pennies a little bit, I think people have to plan ahead for to really protect their blooms, to protect their yield potential going into the rest of the year. Professionals like Dr. Caffrey across the industry are out in the field helping almond growers and are there to answer any and all questions regarding this year's bloom, pollination, or other considerations. So right now is prep time. We're, we're getting around there. We're having the conversations. We're talking about damage from last year. We're talking about the pressure from last year, the surprises from last year. And really, we're trying to have those those kind of preventative conversations. I mean, just like a fungicide, we're trying to be preventative in these conversations to get it to get in people's ear to say, let's get ready for it. You don't want you don't want we don't want another 23. It was great having the weather, at least water. There were some downsides to the water. Um, but let's let's go in with a good plan. Let's try to keep our yield potentials as high as we can. Prices are starting to go up a little bit, which is great. As prices still aren't where everyone wants them to be for almonds. But in the end, you have to protect that yield. You have to keep farming. These aren't a year-to-year crop. This is a 20-plus year investment. So let's invest in our crop and let's get the the best returns we can out of the year. Dr. Caffrey noted challenges besides bloom that growers might want to think about due to cold temperatures and stormy weather. It seems like the past two or three years, we've had frost events in different areas. It just depends what area you're in. Those can certainly be devastating. Not only is it going to change the environment, but you just lose so much of that tender tissue on on the blooms or the early nuts. Um, on the flip side, we may, may end up with a hot wet, which is very conducive to disease, or a hot dry, which is going to cause a flash bloom. You're not going to get enough pollination because it's just going to go through too fast. So that's really where we talk about products like our Maravon product with our plant health advantage, where not only do you have superior disease protection across the entire spectrum, your jacket rots, your monolinias, really everything, it's our scientifically proven plant health that we can help through the stress events. We've shown this with frost, we've shown it with drought. Um, it's really, regardless of the conditions, you're going to get a benefit out of it. And that's really when the end, the biggest fear these growers have. Are they going to put money into something they're going to get nothing out of? And I can tell you that's not the case with Marathon. You're, you're going to get your money plus out of it, regardless of conditions. So hedge your bets, go in with a good plan. And yeah, let's not have the surprises we had in 23. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Chalstrom. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. 
Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action. Dr. David Cole, Professor Emeritus of Agricultural Finance and Small Business Management and Entrepreneurship at Virginia Tech, has traveled over 8 million miles during his career learning and researching the ag industry. He says when it comes to the green movement in the U.S., it might be gaining traction, but some other countries are actually shifting away from it. I think one of the things that you're starting to see, particularly in the Netherlands, it's called green lash. In other words, people are lashing back at the green energy movement. Particularly, there's inconsistent policies going on around the world. India and China are adding coal-fired plants, while other nations are, you know, the green initiatives. And when economies get tight, people go back to the pocketbook. And so the term green lash, I think we're going to hear more and more of that. Dr. Cole warns that green initiatives need to be analyzed for long-term sustainability. A number of farms have been approached, you know, to put up some, or do some green energy initiatives. My whole contention is, is it still going to be profitable after the government subsidies are gone? So I think you have to look at each, each farm and ranch has to look at their specific situation, but also look in the long term to see if it's going to be sustainable and viable. If this movement persists, he said the U.S. can become a second choice supplier affecting trade, exports and more. A decline in the frequency of online grocery orders drove a 1.2% year-over-year drop in total online sales to $95.8 billion in the U.S. online grocery market in 2023, according to the annual results of the Brick Meets Click Mercatus Grocery Shopper Survey released recently, according to Supermarket News reports. It is the second year in a row that the order frequency of active monthly users declined, according to the report, which surveyed 21,000 shoppers in the U.S. That year-over-year contraction in online orders came in at 6% compared to the prior year, surpassing a 4% year-over-year decline in 2022. The decline in orders was exasperated by a 300 basis point increase to 34% in the number of MAUs who said that they made only one online grocery purchase per month in 2023. Despite the drop in online orders for the year, the base of MAUs rose 2% year-over-year. Shoppers appear to have largely settled on a receiving method with 70% saying they exclusively relied on either pickup delivery or ship to home up 172 basis points from the previous year. Pickup held steady as the most popular way of receiving online orders, growing its share of online sales by a modest 56 basis points to end the year at 46%. The report added that the expanded availability of delivery methods due to increased competition did not appear to help grow the receiving method, which experienced a sales decline of 0.9% for the year and captured 37% of the online sales market. Meanwhile, the ship to method dropped 66 basis points to make up 17% of the market for the year. Shoppers increasingly chose to place their online purchases through both mass merchandise and supermarket formats for the year as the cross-shopping rate increased by 150 basis points from the previous year. Nearly a third of shoppers purchased online groceries from both in the same month over the year, according to the report. USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack notes several examples of USDA programs and resources that beginning farmers and ranchers can utilize to start and grow their operation. An explanation of what USDA resources are available for beginning farmers and ranchers to enter into agriculture. 
especially those with non-farm backgrounds, courtesy of Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. We have a beginning farmer program in which we invest literally tens of millions of dollars every single year in a variety of entities that basically make it easier for beginning farmers to understand how they might be able to enter farming, what kind of market opportunities they could consider, where the financial assistance may come from. The secretary on RFD TV Thursday adds Farm Service Agency restructuring to better cater to beginning farmers, along with lending options such as FSA microloads, also lends to an easier entry into agriculture. There's also a series we've just recently enacted, a micro farm risk management tool that basically gives you the same kinds of protections that some of the larger scale farming operations have in terms of risk management. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The National Agricultural Law Center called 2023 a year for significant developments and changes on the legal front. Harrison Pittman, director of the Ag Law Center, says there is a lot of issues they'll be keeping a close eye on in 2024. I think the Endangered Species Act, and particularly its relationship to the pesticide registration and re-registration and how that looks going forward, I think that's one that we're going to spend a tremendous amount of time on in 2024. It was a big deal in 2023, but that is a major shift in that part of the ag industry, and I think it's one that's going to continue in a big way in 2024. I would keep a close eye on the litigation side with respect to pesticides. There's still quite a few cases going on. They're not all being decided the same way, but there have been a few over the last couple of years, and at least one recently, where the verdict has been very financially significant. The waters of the U.S. or WOTUS will still be something to watch for in the new year. I would keep a good eye on that one. That whole issue is important, but the traditional part of it, like the EPA and Corps of Engineers jurisdiction of what is the waters of the United States, that will remain important. The part that I would watch is what is happening in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court decision in the Sackett case that came out in uh, spring of just last year, because I think that can trigger activity in state proposals that cut both ways. Foreign land ownership will also be something to watch for this year. We're going to see several states advance bills again this year because there's been numerous federal proposals, but they really haven't had a good vehicle yet legislatively to get enacted. I would expect something at the federal level to be enacted as potentially part of the farm bill process that could happen there, or parts of these federal proposals could find their way into an appropriations deal. Should we be able to get one, hopefully without a government shutdown. Harrison Pittman, director of the National Agricultural Law Center. Onion industry veteran Jared Gutierrez has taken a helm of the National Onion Association after serving the last two years as the organization's first vice president. He says as the new president, he promises advocacy for the American farmer and promises to continue to teach politicians the plight of the American farmer and fight to help them survive, especially when it comes to the smaller size farmers. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. 
Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.